Amen. All right, now let's get, let's get right into God's Word. Uh, while you're standing, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, and we're going to look at our teaching for today. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to go to verse 42. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 42. When you get there, say amen. All right, verse 42 said, So also the resurrection of the dead, it is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, I'm sorry, is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, is raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first, which is spirit, spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthly, the second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. All right? All right. We shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now, you can take your seat now. We're going to also bear the image of the heavenly. All right? All right. Now, we're going to, we're going to name our teaching today because we are continuing on the volume number three. On volume number three, we'll find ourselves with an odd teaching, which will be taken care of soon. Uh, but we're talking about in volume number three, and we're like part four. We're in an odd teaching. 11 o'clock be part five. All right. Now, but we go, last week we talked about something. Uh, say that with me. Last week we talked about something. All right. Now, when we talked about this last week, uh, we dealt with the 1 Corinthians 4. And we dealt with verse number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. If you can remember that. Uh, we're going to go to it in the King James. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And our, our attention was on Verse number seven. First Peter, I'm sorry. If I didn't say that, that's what I meant. First Peter, four seven. And we dealt with this verse, and we we'll, 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 we'll continue to add revelation to the word. First Peter four seven. And we're adding to that now. In First Peter four seven, this is what we said in the King James version. We said the end of all things is at hand. Say that with me. The end of all things is at hand. We talked about the end of all things is near. Ain't that right? Now, when we say the end of all things is near, if you read that out of the uh, good news or out of the NLT, I'm sorry, NLT says the end of the world is come. Now, I know that also happened 
Well, let's just look at it out of the First uh, Peter four seven that, out of the NLT. It says the end of the world has come. Now we know that happened then, but I'm here to because I don't want no error. I, I don't want you to err at all. I don't want you to even think of it. You got to come to a place to understand that there was an Old Testament. And that Old Testament had man. The New Testament has Christ. That's why I read to you 1 Corinthians 15. I read to you the first man is of the earth, earthly. And the second man is the Lord from heaven. That is, I'm just waiting on it on the screen. It says, the end of the world has come. That's what I'm looking at you, you, just for a minute. But the end of the world is coming soon. Do you see that on the screen? Amen. Now, I know more than, let me ask, let me, all we got 2.67 billion people who would answer. All right. Now, did you see it on the screen? I'm going to read another screen. It said, the end of the world is coming soon. Now, remember, Peter was ministering to uh, Israel. Peter did not minister to the body of Christ. Paul did. So Peter is telling the, the Jewish believer, the end of the world is coming soon. Now at that time, it was A.D. 60. So in the next 10 years of Peter's ministry, Israel lost their temple. At that time, 10 years later, the abomination of desolation was set up in the temple, A.D. 70. So we have to be able to see what's going on. And Jesus told them, when you see the abomination of desolation, flee to the mountain. Because the tribulation period would be worse than it ever has been since there has been a world. So we're going to look at all of that. But we have to understand, we've got to come to a time that we can, we can get past this kind of talking. Because we, we're, in a, we're in a ministry where we want to learn how to live. Amen. But if we never get past seeing the end of all things has come, then we can't go on. And I can't leave you there. Okay, but I want to talk about the day. Christ is the beginning of all things. Now, my plans is to show you the flip side of this at the 11 o'clock service. So I want you to say that with me. Christ, Christ is, the is the beginning of all things. Now, here's my point. If Christ is the beginning of all things, then you ought to know what the next message ought to be. I'm not going to tell you, but you ought to know. It's the flip side of this message. So let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 1. Let's see what you see and make sure you are seeing right. Because that's one of the greatest things that I'm learning in the, in, the, in the body of Christ is what are you seeing? That's what God asked Jeremiah. What seest thou, Jeremiah? We got a Jeremiah here. 
That's why I asked him to make sure he watched the book of Jeremiah. And that's one of the things that God said to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what seest thou? Because God can only do in your life what you see. That's why the Apostle Paul talked about the word being revealed. Once the word, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Once the word is revealed to you, then you see that now. Thank you. Amen. I'll let you know what I'm doing. You do your thing, son. All right. Now we're going to look at Genesis chapter number one. I'm, I'm ministering to you, but I'm also ministering to 2.6 billion people out there. So you just uh, bear with me, okay? Now, Genesis chapter number one, uh, let's look at the first verse. The emphasis is on the word beginning. I'm talking about what? Beginning. The beginning. Christ is the beginning of all things. Now, remember last week I talked about the end of all things at hand. Are you following me here? All right. So I'm going all the way back to what? The beginning. So if Christ is the beginning of all things, then you ought to know what my message is going to be when I flip it over. Here we go. Uh, Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning. The key emphasis is what word? Beginning. beginning. Well, if, 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 if God said in the beginning, who is the beginning? The, that's what you want to put in your Bible. The word beginning is a noun. Say that with me. The word beginning is a noun. The word beginning is the same as Christ. Now, that's just one of his names. So God is telling you where he created all things. Now, in the New Covenant, I've taught you and, and showed you God created us in Christ. The new creation took place in Christ. Somebody can find me that verse. God created us in Christ Jesus. Under good works, Ephesians two ten probably. But but let's look at this. It said in the beginning. So if you read it, like God says, it, like John five thirty nine, we talked about that last week. God said this: search the scripture, and them you think you have eternal life. They are they that testify of me. So every word in the Old Testament is God. Because the word is God. So when he said in the beginning, he talked about in Christ, which is God. The Father created the heavens and the earth. I want you to understand when you have two things. I'm going to get up. I'm not going to be able to sit down long. Huh? Uh, but when God talk about two things, in this teaching, we are dealing with the two things. Here, we are dealing with the heaven and earth. Two things. We're dealing with heaven and earth. Now, also, if you add two things, you can follow them right through the word. 
you can go to the next part, you have Noah and his wife. You had the heaven and the earth. Same chapter, you're going to have Adam and Eve. Two things. Then you can go to Noah, his wife. You can keep on going, you can go to Abraham and his wife. Two things. Then you can go to Israel and Jerusalem. Two things. See, two things are always parallel. If you ever find out what two things is one time, you know what two things is all through the Bible. Then you have Paul who gave us what the two things are. Let's look at them, shall we? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 and the last two verses. As a matter of fact, I look at the verse before the last. Ephesians chapter number 5. Paul is going to tell us what these two things are. He dealt with husband and wife. Well, that's what God dealt with, with Adam and Eve. When a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. So he dealt with the husband and the wife. But he said something here. Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 32. After he talked about it, he went to verse 32. He says, this is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. So you can see the revelation of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve really was what? Christ in the church. With all these other things, when you went through times like looking at what God created, there's only two things in the Bible that God created. And that's the heaven and the earth. So you got to find out what that was. It was Jacob or Israel and Jerusalem. My point is, every time you see it, it's the man and the woman. Amen. It was the he and the she. Now, God's going to change that at the cross. At the cross, you won't have to worry about it no more. So that's why if you don't realize what that is, you get to the cross, it's not that anymore. It's Christ in the church. Let me say something else to you. In Genesis, the woman was created in the man. At the cross, the man was created in the woman. Let it sink in. So if you come down to when Jesus was born, it was the woman who born the man. But if you go back to Genesis, it's the man who born the woman. So you can't look at this naturally, can you? This got to be spiritual. Because we know you can't born a You can't born a woman out of a man, can you? Because God in the beginning made them male and female. But at the cross, that's why I say to people, don't die and go to hell trying to be somebody you're not. 
See, don't die and go to hell trying to be a woman when you're a man because all that's been done away with in Christ. At the cross, God created one man and he put heaven and earth in one man. So that's why you are called the body of Christ. That makes you heaven. Amen. See, if you, if you can see the word body, heavenly body, where's Christ? Christ is in heaven. Well, where are you? I mean, well, where's Christ? Christ is in I thought you said he's in heaven. So you have to understand that you are not natural. You are spirit. And God put Christ in you. So really Christ is in heaven. That makes your soul heaven. All right. So, so we have to be able to look at the Bible. We have to, we have to understand what the word of God meant. So when God said in the beginning, God created, well, what did God create? He created two things. I'm going to show it to you. He created Jacob, which is Israel, and he also created Jerusalem. But in Genesis, he said he created the heaven and the earth. And then he's going to say the earth was not formed yet. Let's go, to the, let's go to the text, shall we? Uh, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. But then it says, the earth was without form. Don't forget that. Said the earth without, was without form. Now, when I show you Jacob and Israel, I'm going to show you that he formed man. Right here in Genesis, he said it. He formed man. And I'm going to show you he formed Jacob. He created. The word created is different than formed. The word created is different than made. The word created is unseen, is invisible. So when God created Man, man was still invisible. Because creation is invisible. That's why God in the new covenant, you got to have faith in the new covenant to live. That's why the Bible says, just shall live by faith. Well, you live through faith. Israel lived by faith. But you got to have faith to live. That's what God gave you is spiritual money. That's what your faith is. To get everything God has, you got to use your faith to get it. So you can see why so many people broke. Because they're trying to do, they're trying to get every kind of way without using their faith. And all they need to do is believe God. But the key is, to believe God sometimes brings embarrassment. Amen. 
and a lot of people just don't like to be embarrassed or believe in God for something and it don't work. That's why you got to use your faith. To believe God, that's what he gave you faith to do. All right, now let's look at this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He told you what he created. But then he said the earth was without form. Now I'm going to show you when I get to Jacob, I'm going to show you Jacob was without form. He formed Jacob. And also in Genesis, he showed you he formed man. So I know what will what he formed. You do know what it means to form something. It means put a shape to it, right? See, you can have water, but if you put it in something and freeze it, you gave a form to it. You made a square, a round, a triangle, or something. You formed it, right? So that's what happened when God put man in the dirt. He formed him. He shaped him. And once he finished, he breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Okay, that's Genesis chapter 1. Verse 2 says, And the earth was without form, and void, and then darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved, because this is how it's all going to get taken care of, is by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, I'm going to leave it right there. But let's go to John 1 and 1. You will see now God comes into the start of the new covenant. He's going to have to have a new man. See, Genesis is the record of the old man. Now we get into the record of the new man. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, we back to the word beginning again. Now, we ought to know who the beginning is by now. Because he's going to use the word in the beginning now, and he's going to tell you who it was. It's not a time. It's not a date. Just like when I get to the word end, at the 11 o'clock service, it's not a time, it's not a date, it's a person. Amen. And see, the Bible told you don't want to get ahead of myself. Don't want to give you none of that. You be, I don't know if I'm going back to 11 because I already heard what he's you only heard one, one verse. But I'm not going to even give you that one. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. Now, let that sink in. Can't you hear the answer? 
Let's go back to Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Where did he create the heaven and the earth? He created the heaven and the earth in the beginning. He created the heaven and the earth in the beginning. He created the heaven and the earth in Christ. He created Adam and Eve in Christ. Can you hear it? You got to know who the beginning is, right? So now John tells you who was in the beginning. See, he told you what you didn't know in Genesis. In the beginning was the word. In Christ was the word. The word is not just a word. The word is a person. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. That same word, the word, is Christ. The same was in the beginning with God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. By who? The word. Or who's the word? Christ. Because when I get to verse 14, I'm going to show you that the word put on flesh. I said the word put on flesh. God put on flesh, didn't he? Why did God put on flesh? Because God could not speak to man without it. Man filled God from Moses. Scared to talk to God. Moses, you talk to us. <laughs> we don't want God to talk to us no more. Because when God talked to us, folks die. So God put on flesh, came here, and said, okay, here I am. What do you want? And yet they did not know he was God. That's not bad. 2,000 years later, people still don't know he's God. Because if you knew he was God, you would fear him. I'm sorry, John chapter 1. All things in verse 3 were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. He said the life was the light. All right, don't forget that. That's very important. The life was the light of men. So when God gave you life, he gave you light. That's why if a man don't have life, he don't have light, and he's in darkness. That's where his soul is. 
And in verse number five, the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not or cannot put it out. That's John 1. So now I want to go to verse 9. Same chapter, John chapter 1, verse 9. Going to skip down. That was the true light. That means there's an invitation. If that's the true light, there have to be an imitator. Which lighten every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. But we got to know what the word world means. One word I'm going to give you is flesh. We'll get that because that's another part of another teaching. He was in the world and the world was made by him. And guess what? The world knew him not. That's what happens when a man is not saved. He doesn't know God. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. We knew his own at that time was Israel. Gentile did not know God. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Since you know this now, let's see, do you know this? What did he give them to become the sons of God? In this ministry, as long as you've been in this ministry, you should know that word. Stop right there. That's why I say, you hear me, but do you really hear me? To them gave he power to become the sons of God. And I'm asking you, what did he give them? And you said, power. That's what that preacher said when I heard, when I grew up. Power. Hey, power. Let's see what he gave them. See, I never forget what God gave me so I can become a son of God. Romans 8 and verse number 9. I know I like you already knew. I just asked you. Put it on the screen. Romans chapter 8. And verse number nine, you always got to know what God gave you to become a son of God. Because if you don't have this, you're not his, not his child. You're going to go to hell with the devil. The only way you can be God's son, you have to have power. But you got to know what the power is. But you are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ... He's none of his. So what did God give you? He gave you the Holy Spirit. Now, somewhere down the line, you got to remember what he gave you. Because there's no way you can walk in the faith of God's word if you don't know what God gave you. The only reason you can walk victoriously is because you know what God gave you. And this is the victory. This is what John told his crew. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And God only gave his children faith. 
The only thing you got different than a person who's not saved, you have God's faith. Put Galatians 2.20 up there. The only thing you got different. See, this is what happens when people try to fake it and think God's supposed to hear their prayers to get their inheritance. If you don't have God's spirit, you cannot get no inheritance from God. And that's what people are doing. Want the Lord to help pay their bills? Want the Lord to help? I want my inheritance. That's what the man says. Give me my inheritance. And you see what he did? He swanted it. Because he didn't have the spirit. But watch what happened in Galatians 2.20. Galatians, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. How do I live? I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I must understand that the only reason I have faith is because I'm God's son. So the only reason I have faith because I'm God's son. Right. God's son lives in me, right? Because of that, I have the Holy Spirit, and that's why I have his faith. He gave me his faith because I'm his son, you his daughter, when he's talking about Christ in you, so you can live. And without it, you're going to die. You're going to die, and you, your soul going to go to hell for eternity. And you can't say, well, God ain't going to send nobody to hell. He does not send anybody. You're so right. You go on your own. God gave every man who believed in him the measure of faith. Everybody that believed in Christ, he gave the measure of faith. Everybody that believed in Christ, he gave you grace. He gave you everything you need to prosper. What is faith? What is the purpose of faith? I'm going to see to my wife now. I told her this week. Let me see that she write it down. Mm -mm. That's true, but that's not what I told you this week. No, no, no. I gave you faith. I gave you grace. What did I, what did I tell you? Huh? Oh, I know. I know that's one way to say it. He gave you faith to accept the grace. But what did I tell you? I tell you the next service. Think on, think on that one, okay? But you have to know why God gave you the grace. You got to know why God gave you the faith. All those are good words. All those are good. Gave you faith to believe God's word. He gave you faith to accept the grace. But it's another way I want you to really understand because when you say he gave you faith to access the grace, it doesn't really ring. But when I give it to you the next service, it's going to ring, boy. It's going to be like, yeah, that's it. Let's move on. See, I do that so you can come back. If I give you the answer now, you ain't coming back. I already know you. <laughs> All right, you in verse 9, John 1 and 9. Are you there? I gave you the true light, right? Well, let's go down and read, read verse 11. That's where we are. John 1, 11. We're there. John chapter 1, verse 11. Here we go. He came to his own. That wasn't you, was it? And his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power. What did he give them now? Power. Yeah, I know he gave them power. 
I want you to know what he gave them. He gave them the Holy Spirit. Right there was the power you need to put down there. He gave them the Holy Spirit to become the sons of God. Without the Holy Spirit, you're not God's son. Is that right? That's what the Bible said. I just read it to you. Romans chapter number 8, verse 9. Without the Holy Spirit, you're none of his. Right? Even in them that believe on his name, they had to believe on his name, said they. Israel had to believe on his name to be saved. That's not your salvation. Your faith is not in his name to be saved. Your faith is in his cross, right? His death, death, and resurrection. Do you see the difference? Would you just keep that camera on me for a while, would you? $2.8 million. 2.8 million people. Israel had to believe in his name to be saved. Today we must believe in his cross. What he did on the cross. He died, he buried, he raised again from the dead. If you keep in memory, Paul says, what I preach to you, 1 Corinthians 15, that we read every Sunday, is Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. Keep in memory what I preach to you unless you have believed in vain. So you got to know what you have to believe to be saved. You don't believe in his name to be saved. That's what Israel had to believe. They had to believe he was the Christ, the Son of God. We'll put it on the screen, John chapter 20, verse 30. You got to know what you got to believe. I say this probably a thousand times. If I have to, I'm going to say it a thousand and one. John chapter number 20. And verse 30. Why do I keep doing this? Because I'm a teacher and I love you. And when you don't know, it bothers me. You got to know what you believe in. You're not saved because you believe on his name. That's what Israel had to believe. They had to, they, they had to believe in his name to be saved. They had to believe he's the Christ, the Son of God. They had to believe in Jesus. You have to, you have to believe in Christ. John chapter number 20, there it is, verse number 30. Many other signs surely did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written. He's telling you, John is telling his audience, which is not you, why he wrote the book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life, how? How do they have life? Through his name. That's not how you have life. Amen. You have to believe in his cross, his death, death, and resurrection. Now, I'm going to keep saying that until you will believe him. My job is to make a believer out of you. It's my job. And I got to make sure you believe in the right things. Amen. I know a lot of people think they are, but that's why God's not hearing your prayer. You believe in his name to be saved. And God said, I didn't ask you to believe in my name to be saved. I told you to believe. Paul told you in 1 Corinthians 15. Let's go to it. 1 Corinthians 15. My wife read this verse. 
every service. And we stand and look right at them. But I'm going to keep reading until you get it. 1 Corinthians 15, 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you. Totally different than John. Which also you have received and where you stand. By which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I, not John, not Peter, not what I preach unto you unless you have believed in vain. You've been believing the wrong message to be saved. Then he's going to tell you, I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also receive. Do you see it now? How that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. That's how you saved. He didn't say anywhere about you believing in his name. Can't you see how many people going to die and go to hell? Are you going to be one of them is the key. Are you going to believe in what God told you to believe? Or are you just going to believe what you want to believe? Let's move on. John chapter number one. John chapter 1, we, we would read in verse 9. We, wrote, we read 9, 10, 11, and 12. Now let's read verse 13. John 1, 13. Which were born, he's telling you how they were born. They were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but they were born of God. They were born of God. When were you born of God? That's another question. How many, how many got my, my verse I asked for earlier? And I said it's probably in Ephesians 2.10. Y'all remember that question? Go to Ephesians. Well, well let's, let's get this first. Then when I show you in Ephesians, you'll get the answer. That's how bad I want you to know. I want you to know so bad I'm going to keep showing it to you. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but you was born of God. When were you born of God? Go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10. When were you born of God? See, the key is, I'm giving you this message. I'm giving it to you, and I'm giving it to you on the podcast free. And all you got to do is put your phone on and listen to it. I got a teaching called Created in Christ. Well, see, well, we, we just feel like we already got it. Listen, hell is hot. You think it's hot down here? Hell is hot. And there is no relief, no water. So you play with your salvation here and just live your life, do your thing, think God going to understand. No, he's not going to understand. He's provided, he killed his son for you to be saved. It's not a game. He crucified his son on the cross so you can be with him. You can play around and go to live with the devil through eternity. Your time is over. Once you die, you're done. There's no more for you. You're gone. You had your chance. You blew it. 
Ephesians chapter number 2. I got to come back there, finish that verse. But Ephesians chapter number 2, and I get uh, verse number 10, right? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10. We are his workmanship. That word workmanship is new creation. We are his new creation, created in Christ Jesus. Say that with me. We were, I was, created in Christ Jesus. That's the song that we sang here that God gave our uh, praises. My, my wife, my daughter, I'm sorry, Renee, uh, wrote that song. We are new creation in Christ. You were created in Christ. Well, when did that happen? You were created in Christ at the cross. See, you were witnessing to all them people. So when you don't say nothing, I have to. This is where the message is being taught in. This is who you're teaching. I'm, I'm trying to make you a witness. So when I ask you a question, it's not for you, it's for them. Everybody understand? Okay. It's not for me. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10. We are his workmanship. We were created in Christ. I ask you a question. When were we created in Christ? At the cross. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he made you a new creature. You were born of God. See, what happened to, to, to all the people is they just don't believe it. They don't receive it. So they die and go to hell so they can have their own way. I did it my way. And you're going to have spirit eternity in hell for doing it your way. And it's not a game. Because the closer you get to dying, the more serious it's going to become. See, people talking about not me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you. I have been there in the final few minutes when people did not believe. And I was the one who they wanted to talk to. I want to see the preacher. You ain't never asked for the preacher. I don't want to see y'all. I want to see the preacher. Because you know, the, if anybody ought to know how to be saved, it's the preacher. Well, what if the preacher ain't there? You the only one there. My dad died at 46 years old. Jackson Veteran Hospital in Jackson, Mississippi. And every time I would go there, all I could do is rub his head and feel his pain and, and, and cry tears. But I couldn't help him. I didn't know how to help him. And it's a sad thing to be with somebody at the final moments and you can't help them because you didn't learn yourself. See, I had an excuse. I had nobody to teach me. But you got somebody to teach you. It could be your relative, mama, daddy, brother, sister, on their deathbed, and you're the only one there, and they look up at you and say, I don't want to go to hell, help me. He'd be like, what passcode phone number? Y'all, what, what passcode phone number? Ain't somebody got a passcode phone number? It's a shame. You might have called, but it might have been too late. 
and you, you're the only one could have helped them. But you know your problem? You were in church all your life, you don't know how to be saved. This is not school. This is not high school. This is not high school. I just, child, I didn't, I got them the answer out of the back of the book. You can't get these out of the back of the book. You got to get your own eternal life. And the only way you're going to know, you have to know how to be saved. You don't know how to be saved, you don't have eternal life. How you know about something you don't have? Let me move on. Now you see why I'm here. As a matter of fact, between me and my wife, weekends, special Sundays, Sundays is out for me to go anywhere. We, if we're going to do something, it's Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, I got to be back. See, I do not want the people I pastor to die and go to hell. That's why I'm so hard. I am going to be hard on you as your worst English teacher. You think they were hard on you, praise God. This is eternal life I'm talking about. Nothing to play with. All right, now John chapter 1. Let's go back to John chapter 1. Let's look at uh, verse number 13 once again. It said, which were born not of blood, nor the will of man, nor the will of man, nor the will of the flesh, but of God. And then the verse number 14, what I want to get to. In the beginning was the word. But in verse 14 it says, and the word was made flesh. See, that's the same thing happened in Genesis. Do you hear what I just said? God made the word flesh. See, Adam was a type of Christ. But what God did, he made him a living soul. See, he was a type of Christ. In the new covenant, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God put on Adam. Did you see it? In Genesis, God made the flesh. Why? Because in the new covenant, he's going to put the flesh on Christ. And if he didn't make flesh back in Genesis, he wouldn't have no flesh to put on Christ. Amen. Let us make man. He started making man in Genesis. He finished making man on the cross. It's finished. What was finished? Finished making man. So in Genesis, he made a soul, he put in a body. He began. In the beginning, he began. At the cross, he ended. So when God created Christ, it was the end of his creation. When he made Adam, it was the beginning of his creation. He took the soul of Adam and put it in Christ. God saved the soul of Adam on the cross. Adam's soul represented all men. Just like when Adam sinned, we all sinned. 
When Adam's soul was saved, we were all saved. So God put Adam's soul in Christ so Christ could die on the cross, put in Jesus, see? He put them in Jesus so Jesus could be the son of Adam. So when Jesus died, the son died for the father. He died for the sins of the whole world. See, it was Christ's blood, but it was Adam's soul. So when Christ died on the cross, the blood of Christ that was spirit washed Adam's soul with his blood. He washed the sins out of his conscience, out of his soul, by the spirit of a living God. But that was your death, my death. All right, let's finish. Let's go to finish. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right, now, I got to do a couple more here. Uh, let's look at Colossians 1.15. Now, when God says beginning, he's talking about the word first. So that's why in Colossians 1.15, the word first, Christ is the firstborn of every creature. Say, Christ, Christ. is the firstborn of every creature. See, he's the first. See, let's go to Colossians 1.18. See, he's the firstborn of every creature. Colossians 1.18, he's the firstborn from the dead. Let's read it again. It says, and he's the head of the body. The word first mean, or the word beginning mean, the head. So the beginning mean the head. Right. So Christ is the beginning. He's the head of the body. Who is the beginning? See, he told you the head is the beginning. He's the beginning of the body. He's the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, or in all things he might be first. Revelation 1 and 5. Stop it. Yeah, let's do 5 first, then we're going to back up to 4. Revelation 1 and 5, then we're going to back up to 4. I'm not able to go through these and show them to you because I got a, a next teaching I got to do just the flip, flip side of this mess. Revelation 1 and 5. When you get there, just say amen. Revelation 1 and 5 says... And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead. He is the first begotten of the dead. He's the firstborn of every creature. He's the firstborn from the dead. Here he's the first begotten from the dead. Look at verse number eight. I am Alpha and Omega. Wait a minute. He's not just a beginning, is he? 2.6 million. He is not just the beginning, is he? Because Alpha is beginning, Omega is ending. That's the Greek alphabet. Which you do know that, don't you? From Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, 
the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and verse number five says, and washed us, or washed our sin with his own blood. That's verse five. But I'm reading you verse number eight, right? I am Alpha and Omega. Alpha is beginning. That's the Greek word for the beginning. And the ending. So he's both. So if I open up my Bible to Genesis, he's the beginning. He's Adam. But if I open up my Bible at the end, the last thing it says, even come, Lord Jesus. So this Bible is about Christ Jesus, isn't it? It's not about anything else. It's about Christ and the church and his children. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8. He's Alpha and Omega. Watch what it says. Says the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come. And then he says, he's almighty. See, the almighty is the beginning and the ending and the presence. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at verse 11 while you're there. Revelation 1, 11. I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book. Send it to the seven churches which is in Asia. Ephesus, Sperna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. You know what people hear? Send it upon that. Because we still think it's for us today. Like we living in Asia. We don't want to accept the book. It plainly says in verse number three, the time is at hand. It's the same thing that John, that Peter said, right? The end of all things is at hand. The end of all things is near. And the book of Revelation says in verse number three, the time is at hand. Do you see it on the screen? The time is at hand. So it can't be in your future. Just get over it. He's not coming for you. Just get over that. Just like we want to sit on our porch and say, he's he coming in out the wild. I'm going to see him in that. You're not going to see him in the air. He's already here for you. You don't want him now. Isn't that something? God has already given you his son. You still don't want him. You want to look for another. That's just like John the Baptist do. Are you the one that should come or do we look for another? That's why God said you just go tell John. Look at chapter 2 and verse number 8. This is the last one. My time is gone. Unto the angel of the church is smarter, right? These things said the first and the last, which was dead and is alive forevermore. Oh, I got one more. That's Revelation 3.14. Sorry. Revelation 3.14. Unto the angel of the church in Laodicea, right? These things said the amen. That's another one His name. It is the Amen. You ought to use it sometime. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. If he's the beginning of the creation of God, in the beginning, he is the beginning of the creation of God. I say he is the beginning of the creation of God. Well, in the beginning, 
Christ is the beginning of the creation of God. Well, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Man, my time already gone. Listen, God has given you a way out. You don't know when you're going. I'm telling you, man, this is an awesome thing. Minister Ball said something this past week. There were over 30 bishops who died of COVID. That was this year, wasn't it? Over 30. See, you just don't know, right now, I just, I, I saw my phone, you probably did, that Jesse Jackson and his wife both is in the hospital now because of COVID. You just don't know. But you can be saved. And you know if you die, your soul is saved and you're going to go and spend eternity in heaven. If you're not, you're going to die and go to hell. You're going to be with the devil forever. You made your own decision. Like mama used to tell you, you make your bed hard, you just got to sleep in it. But you don't have to be saved. I don't want to see you die and go to hell. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. God raised him from the dead to save you. And all you have to do is receive it and believe it. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Door of Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.